Welcome to this episode of the John Henry Weston Show, where I'm very pleased to bring to you Bishop Marian Eleganti from Chur, Switzerland. Welcome, Bishop Eleganti. This is going to be a great show, everyone. Stay tuned. Let's begin, as we always do, with the sign of the cross. Bishop Eleganti, if you could lead us, please. Yes. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, very much with regard to what happened in the Amazon, at the Amazon Synod, there was this scandal of seemingly idolatry all over the Christian world. Not only Catholics were affected, but uh, all, all Christians as well. And therefore, the whole wide world, all peoples looking at this. What were your impressions of what went on during the Amazon Synod, and especially with regard to the Pachamama statues? Yes, um, for, uh, for a long moment it was not so clear. For many, uh, the communications directors interpreted it or tried to interpret it in another way, just the symbol for life. But for me, it was clear uh, from the very beginning and that it is an, uh, an idolatry, a sort of syncretistic uh, veneration um, of, uh, and that, this, that statue shouldn't be there. Um, for me, it, it was um, clear from the very beginning. I, I, I felt it and it was somehow intransparent, but uh, it became more and more clear and I wondered that the uh, Holy Father uh, did not explain for so uh, a long time and then only in an inofficial way in the Synod Ola that he said it was the Pachamama. And uh, with this uh, expression, it is clear for everybody who is, who is uh, uh, more or less expert for for um, these um, countries, um, Peru, Andes, uh, that Pachamama is a deity, and uh, even higher than Jesus Christ and Mother Mary, I read um, from um, a priest who, who was there and who experienced this cult of Pachamama. And so um, for me, it's a no-go. And... Um, I think it is a little bit typical for South America in their um, Catholic way. There are syncretistic, um, um, syncretistic um, elements. And um, I, I experienced that also in my congregation. We are missionary Benedictines and there is somehow always a struggle between culture and uh, the gospel. And if um, you are not really on, on the way to holiness and very decided for Christ, a culture becomes more and more stronger, like a giant snake who um, devours the gospel somehow. It's, uh, the culture has to be purified and as Peter said, we, we have abandoned all. We have somehow we have to leave our home, our father's house, to get into 
the kingdom of God, which is a new a new way uh, to see uh, uh, to see God, uh, the absolute, and to be religious and. But this synchristic way, um, which abandons not what you have believed before, um, it's very dangerous. And um, the coming out is, <laughs> for me, it's not the Holy Spirit. It's somehow incompatible. Uh, but, uh, neither do you abandon your deities. Um, for Israel, it was also cult of Baal and uh, it's interesting that uh, these idols were also in this church, uh, St. Mary Traspontina, which is um, 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 for the Carmelites, the Our Lady of, of Mount Carmel and uh, Prophet Elijah who fight it so um, strongly against the cult of Baal that now uh, idols were there um, with a thought of veneration and cult, uh, which is um, really uh, the opposite of, um, of what we need. We need Jesus Christ and we need anything else. It's strange. We need anything else than Jesus Christ. And we have a mother. We have, uh, the earth is not our mother, uh, it's cre creation. We have a mother and we, ha we have also a common house. The common house is the church and our father is um, the one in heaven and Jesus Christ is our door. So um, it's strange. Uh, I, was, I was somehow scandalized uh, to see uh, this uh, bowing down in front of this idol and also in front of, of um, a hill of earth. And it's, it's not Christian for, for me. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing is you, you, uh, you took it upon yourself to, um, to mention this problem, uh, even to the Pope. And I think that's, uh, for one, very courageous. There's very few uh, bishops who are doing that. What uh, gave you the strength or the courage to to voice your concerns even even with the holy father even about the holy father it it was really not easy and and uh, and, it, and it is still not easy um for me uh, a starting point was um, the interpretation of amaris letitia the footnote there and um we had the letter of the three bishops from Kazakhstan, and um, and when I read their arguments, it was clear for me um, when there is no certainty how to interpret this footnote, we have to interpret it on the line of tradition and of the previous teachings. For me, it was clear. And so I signed this letter, which uh, pled for an interpretation of the footnote in the line of um, the traditional teaching about marriage. And it was not for me an act against the Pope. It was an argumentum in re. We have to interpret it this way. But uh, from this moment, um, I was considered as uh, a rebellion <laughs> or um, somebody who is against the Pope. And uh, 
that's um, that's a phenomenon. <laughs> I cannot change it. Um, but uh, we argued um, in uh, to to the subject, not to a, to the person. And I'm still convinced that, that it is that it is right. But you see, um, this if it is a critic, it comes out of uh, really of sufferings, um, long sufferings in the time before, and also in the very moment. And I was in the chapel, in my chapel, in prayer. Uh, in re really in deep prayer, and it it came out of, of of my prayer. I would have been not at calm and not at peace in my conscience if I would have continued to say nothing, even if I am a little mouse. Um, I am an auxiliary, and the Pope has um, a media apparatus which multiplies. Uh, what he says around the whole globe. I'm very little. One has not to be um, to fear a little critic um, as I pronounce it. But uh, for me, I am not at peace in conscience as a bishop when I don't pronounce myself. And I, I never look to the person. I look only to the subject and I am seeking for the truth and for the right evidence. And it's a process in my conscience, sometimes with alarms and sufferings and, 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 and long prayers to come to a just judgment and to ask the Lord to, en to enlighten me that I don't fight at the end against him or his true prophets. I, I don't like to be an enemy of Christ. Like Gamaliel said, if it, if it comes from God, you, you, you should not uh, fight against. If it is not from no, one will see with time. And so I am... I, I seek to, to be in a, in a really in a, in a humble state. I, I don't like to criticize um, the Pope, um, but I have also a conscience and I observe the things. When I see these pictures, I have to have an opinion and I have a feeling. And so also in other theological questions. And um, so... I think it, it, it never happens uh, without uh, pain and without uh, prayer. And, but I feel, I feel an obligation in my heart. Um, I, I would have a strange uh, and uh, a bad feeling if I would not dare to pronounce what I think it is true. One can also argue against. I'm just a human. But when you ask me, I argue this way and obeying the evidence in my conscience. And the, also in is, my reason. Yeah, it is one of the questions I think that, that so many people today have had, so many Catholics who are watching what's going on, who are trying to understand uh, the... The, the state of the church right now, they're seeing a mass confusion like they've never seen before. And yet you are one of the very, very few 
bishops or cardinals who have said anything. There's literally almost just over a handful of bishops and cardinals who have expressed concern about what's going on. I, I don't know if you can answer this, but, but why would you say that? I mean, it's so unbelievable for the faithful because they think, you know, well, if something really bad is going on, surely the, the bishops will speak out. They will correct it. Paul corrected St. Peter, the first pope. So surely there's a long-standing tradition in the church of this kind of thing. But but we're only hearing it from a handful of people. So that, that exacerbates the huge confusion in the church because they think, well, everybody's going along with it. This must be the way we need to go. Yes, I think there are several reasons. I think um, there are, among the bishops, there are always bishops which are more diplomatic, more, more polit political, which have a, a sense where not to pronounce too strongly because it brings also disadvantages or 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 um, it's not so easy um, um, there, there is also in uh, within the church and uh, somehow a political way of procedure and of think of to think and so it needs always courage uh, to to say your opinion openly and to to receive the backlash and and very bad comments and to to suffer the disadvantages if you pronounce yourself in a too clear way so that's a, a general problem and every bishop has uh, to decide in his conscience uh, how he will proceed and how he will manage that. So I had always the character to be very open uh, and and to to declare myself. But of the clearer you you um, you speak, the clearer you have also the opposition because they have a clear profile to be against. So. <laughs> and then I think also um, I wondered a little bit why the the, the cardinals do not um, um, pronounce themselves in in a more open way to help uh, Peter and um, also in his own judgment. It's um, it, it's really synodal in this way. We we have always to to listen to the advice of others and and. And to prove uh, uh, to our opinion is not ab absolute, but I think that also the cardinals they are not they have no 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 way to organize themselves. And if uh, if you think that two hundred or two hundred cardinals organize themselves to go in an open dialogue with Peter. It, it looks like it, it looks like a rebellion somehow because you have to organize it and you have, it's not so easy uh, that it looks not like a rebellion, that it looks really in a, in a friendly, open way that it is in the Holy Spirit and in the common sorrow for, uh, for the church, that we want an open discussion or an open meeting. 
and they were the consistories, but uh, these were in the last uh, five years very short. There was no, as I heard, there was no long um, possibility to open themselves and to discuss with the Pope such a subject. So, um, and that's, um, that's is, um, it, it's not good uh, because the body of the of the cardinals should also have a way how they dialogue in a, openly with with um, with the pope and he should give to them the possibility for this open discussion or to to give the advice or to pronounce a sorrow so i have the impression the cardinals don't know each other there are very this desperate in uh, all over the world, and there I have no, uh, no uh, not uh, um, a procedure to organize themselves to be in uh, easier in in an open dialogue with with the Pope, and uh, that's also the case uh, for the bishops. It's not so easy how to organize. And how uh, you had launched the petitions, and it's a way how many people can ex explain themselves or give a sign or um, express a, a need of answer or of an open dialogue, a petition. But when, for instance, bishops would start a petition um, that we would say, no, it, it, it's not possible that only 200 bishops from the Amazon region now uh, suggest to, uh, to undermine celibacy, which touches the universal church, I have the feeling you should answer all bishops, not only uh, a few number of hand-picked bishops uh, who have a common opinion uh, from the very beginning. Uh, also, the bishops all over the world should give assign a vote and say, hey, stop, not so quickly. We cannot abolish uh, such a, a long tradition and such a high value as celibacy, because celibacy, it was the way how our high priest, Jesus Christ, lived. The high priest, Jesus Christ, is the model and he lived without family. He, he is the model. How can we dream of another way of life if you have a family? It's clear. Priority is the family. You are a family father. In, in the first place is your wife and your children. And if they allow that you do other things in me limited measures, you can do it so long that you don't um, uh, um, destroy your own family and your own marriage. So it's, it's also a freedom. I felt it uh, during my whole, whole my life also as a young man when I decided myself for priesthood. I, I knew I have to live for many people. I cannot focus only on five, six people as a family, it's not my my call. It's not my vocation. So, um, 
I, I, I cannot understand that one says that's only uh, ecclesiastical um, law or just a discipline. No, it's much deeper. It, it touches your relationship to the Lord and how to follow him. And Peter said, Lord, we, had, we have all ab abandoned all. What do we receive? And so we have abandoned so to follow you and to be at full disposition of the kingdom of God and of the Lord. So you have to abandon. But if you are based in your own family, with your children, with your wife, where is this uh, aban uh, uh, abundance of everything and to be free and at disposition um, for for the whole church and for many, many people. As a bishop, I could not live the way I live with the family. And also in Eastern Church, they know it quite well. Um, uh, um, the bishops are all celibate. Why? Because they, have, they need this freedom to be at this position and, and so to abandon such um, important uh, and such an evangelical way of, of, uh, uh, of discipleship. I cannot understand that it can go so quickly, some weeks, few discussions and then an exhortatio um, um, that the Pope uh, writes to make exceptions, but everybody knows it will not remain exceptional for Amazon region. The Germans are already waiting. They have all, also lack of priests. It will see, uh, it will undermine celibacy. At the end, we have only the monks and uh, religious people who live uh, uh, the celibacy, and then uh, they will take again the bishops from the monasteries and so, because you, you, I see all, we have many uh, married deacons, but you cannot transfer a whole family from one place to another so easily. The children goes to school, it's not easy. So they have to be based. They have a house. They don't uh, abandon their house. They have constructed. So we create a lot, a lot, a lot of new problems. And we will also have the divorces. We we, for the moment, it seems like a, a little a solution for for the Eucharist. And, but in long terms, we will not gain anything, but we will lose a lot of. That's my opinion. That's my conscience. But it's also what I live. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think you've drawn a, a very important distinction there because all of the all people all all people who are called to Christ are called to give themselves fully to Christ, um, and and so married men and women too, um, and yet there is this ability to give yourself to the work for the mystical body of Christ, the church. And you're right, it's impossible as a married man with, with wife and children uh, to devote yourselves, yourself to other members of the church in, in, in a way that you'd be called to as a priest or a bishop or uh, perhaps sometimes even as a deacon. Um, these things are impossible to do. So whereas we have that 
uh, everybody tries to love Christ first and, and give ourselves over completely to him, the ability to serve the mystical body of Christ, the church in her members, is really impossible for married men in, in the way it is possible for pastors and, and, and uh, for priests and bishops. The, the, the difficulty comes with the question of uh, deacons, uh, it's already allowed. You you mentioned the Eastern Church. Um, people argue, well, it's already allowed in the Eastern Church, uh, and deacons are allowed. What what's what's the difference here? This is you know, deacons are called to to go out to the to the world too to serve the mystical body of Christ, uh, the members of the church. That is, how are they supposed to do it if they have wife and children? Yes, um, but they have to be based. On a, uh, on a place they can they cannot move with their families as we move and they need time for their families they need vacations they need weekends they need time to spend also with their own the own uh, wife with the children children need presence so that's objective I don't say that uh, we have a better love or somehow a deeper love than married uh, fathers and mothers and I adore many um, married people uh, I would say they they have um, uh, a less uh, selfish uh, way of life um, uh, very often than we have so we have all uh, it, it's not a judgment about holiness or about love of, of God it's only an objective limitation that you have limits uh, the family gives you a certain frame you cannot you cannot go beyond this frame and uh, but it, it that is needed um, i think for a missionary um, for for a priest uh, um, for um, for a bishop to have uh, to to have this um, this possibility to be around day and night uh, to be this uh, accessible and 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 also you you don't belong to anybody it helps also the persons to um to trust in you to speak openly to you because they feel you don't belong to anybody so you are open to everybody uh, and uh, so there are many aspects I think um, we should uh, really consider and um, I would really make a strong uh, vote for telepathy by very different reasons from uh, the deepest mystical reasons until operational and objective uh, reasons for the way of life. And it's a sign. It's also an eschatological sign because Jesus says we will be all we how uh, like angels uh, in 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 heaven. So uh, the, the, we don't need to limit ourselves uh, on uh, as it is in the family because sexual life you can only become one flesh with one person. So it's a limit. But in in the in the heaven we we love everybody. It's wide, even if 
your wife remains and your children remain in in eternity your children and the import, important persons for the realis, realization of your vocation and your call so the history is not abolished they remain close to you unique for you but uh, we, we have not to procreate uh, creatures we have not to have sex that we have also the procreation so that changes and somehow as um, the priest is already also a sign for this um, coming kingdom and so it's beautiful um, I don't understand um, and one has to be realistic. We know, um, we know man, and we know human nature, and we know the history. And so, how can we start to undermine this way of life, which was really very congruent? for a priestly um, existence. Mm -hmm. As also the, the council said, uh, we are only 50 years after Vatican II. Vatican II is always cited uh, um, a, a, a reference, uh, an authority. And in this point, the council's authority, which pled clearly uh, not to change telepathy and also something not afterwards uh, confirmed this uh, this uh, statement of the council for the Latin Church. We will not change that. How one tries now in in such a um, quick way to to uh, to uh, to change and to decide such a question. Right. One uh, last consideration, I guess, at the. Synod was also brought up this notion of uh, a suggestion for female deacon. They didn't go uh, all the way there. They said they'd study it, but they talked specifically about the idea of giving positions of acolyte and lector and some other ministries to women at the altar. And many people have argued, myself included, uh, that this is nothing more than a stepping stone to women priesthood. And that eventually, if we see women on the altar frequently in clerical garb of some sort with official ministries, um, that eventually it will come to pass. This, this uh, women uh, priesthood will come to pass, even though that's an impossibility in the church. Bishop Kautla, who is a bishop in the Amazon and played a major role at the Synod, was indeed asked by EWTN reporter um, or National Catholic Register reporter Ed Penton about... Um, about this, and Bishop Kautla said, yes, indeed, it is a stepping stone. Uh, what are your takes on what was proposed around uh, women uh, and, and the whole issue of women deacons? Yes, I, I think the importance of, of um, a Christian should not be focused on liturgy. So to be important or more esteemed cannot mean to be more busy in the altar room. It's strange to connect uh, that uh, the uh, actuosa participatio does not mean more people who are more busy in the altar room. 
and historically, historically, it's clear um, the introduction of older girls uh, was also an attempt to take away uh, the, the focus of priesthood from men, from cler male clergy, and to, to make little steps and, and prepare another atmosphere and another feeling uh, to um, to come finally to the female priesthood as well, or to the marriage priesthood as well. So there were preparative steps for me that's clear uh, since the, uh, the, the early years after the council one started with, this, um, with these um, steps and with a, a clear aim and it never disappeared. And it has also the effect that if there are too many girls in the older um, boys group, uh, so the boys don't uh, like to remain in the group. There are too, girl, too many girls. So uh, sometimes the boys disappeared and we have only older girls. So that's all. But it's not, they are kind, uh, uh, lovable girls. It's not their fault. But uh, it's not a, um, a good uh, um, evolution. And uh, I, I met a parish where the girls made the sacristy. They prepared to alter the flowers, uh, the garbs, uh, the ornaments and the clothes. And, and they were, are very, uh, they do it in another way than men or boys and, and they did it very well and the boys uh, served at mass and it was a together very beautiful and very successful and uh, but for me a female deacon uh, it's an absolute no-go because priesthood is clear bishop priest deacon is one a priestly sacrament and john paul ii stated it very clearly and forever and ever here, there, there is a no-go and we, we, we will, I'm convinced, we, we never will have female deacons uh, who are ordained in the same way as uh, the priests and who has uh, the, same, the same competencies, the same um, uh, sacral power. And so, um, but for instance, um, uh, an abbess um, is also for um, for the monials, uh, she 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 receives a blessing, but it's not an ordination. It's a blessing. Uh, so if they create a blessing for a service which uh, um, uh, a woman um, realizes in a parish, a special blessing, um, somehow uh, I, I I could understand it, but. And the problem is the attitude. With which attitude? Have you clear ideas in, in the deepest of your heart? And uh, are, are you, have you forgotten yourself? What, what do you want? Do you want power? What's that? Um, it's bad for a male and for a female to, to seek for power in, in, in the church. Uh, there is a, a mystical experience that the church is female. The church is mother, spouse, servant. She's female. And the woman incarnates. It's an incarnation of this female mystical nature of the church in 
in her relationship to the bridegroom, Jesus Christ. And the woman shows that. She, she shows that. And, and uh, the male priesthood is a, a symbol, a, re, a real symbol, and also a reality, a presence of the bridegroom in his relationship to his bride, the church. And when I think when we have this mystical life, also in our prayer life, we feel it from inside that these things are not in competition. It's not about clericalism. It's not about me. It's, it's, it's a greater mystery. Uh, the difference of woman and, and, and man. And only the church insists nowadays on this difference. But the difference is the richness. Not that we copy everything and that everything becomes fluid and, and um, that, that, that woman thinks I am esteemed and important when I am as the men are or do it, when I do the same thing as men do. And so I think it, it must be a difference. And it was always a, bit a difference in the church. Also, this uh, historical uh, phenomenon of um, female deaconesses, I call them deaconesses because there were no deacons. There were deaconesses. It's a difference. And uh, it's very understandable in the surrounding culture that in a whole body baptism, um, that uh, a woman assists uh, the act of baptism or that the man goes now in, 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 in the rooms of an ill woman um, because it touches the intimacy of, of, of their life. And so a woman brought the Eucharist uh, to them, but it's not the same thing as in the ordination. And I don't understand why one re start this again with the commission always about the same question which was studied for years and which is clear which is clear and if if it in some prayers not clear because the church is very great and there were abuses in all centuries one cannot say because it was there written in a prayer. You cannot decide on this base historically everything. But the church had always the feeling not to ordain women. That's a clear vote. <laughs> the church knew it. it. The church was assisted by the Holy Spirit. And we don't have now the Holy Spirit after 2,000 years to correct the church because they failed in such questions. She failed in such uh, important questions. The church had the assistant of the Holy Spirit through all the time. So uh, we cannot pretend to have the Holy Spirit more than they had it from the very beginning. And the church had always the knowledge and the feeling not to ordain women. Because it's about Jesus. 
Right. What um, today in the church there is much much confusion, and what would your suggestion be for the faithful to deal with this confusion and yet live out their faith in the strongest way possible? I am very trustful. I have much confidence in the supernatural nature of the church. It's always Christ living in the church. She is his body, mystical body. And the Lord remains the Lord of times and the Lord of the church. So we will not perish. The the supernatural dynamic and life inside the church will be stronger and prevail every confusion and attack from from the enemy if you want so in this sense i am at peace and i have confidence uh, in 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 the lord he will he will show himself as the Lord of his church, and we will we will see. So this supernatural um, nature will prevail all human and historical things and attacks and com- confusions that were all the time in every uh, century of, of churches, of the church's life. So, and then I say, I, I observe also uh, they are come be um, very faithful people, humble people, simple people in the best uh, um, best sense of the word. Not in a con- I don't contempt very uh, well in the best sense because they have the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. They are they love God, and so uh, sometimes so. These people come to me and and say something, and I see that I have an evidence in her, a discernment. They have a discernment in their conscience. They see and they discern, and that that comes from high. That comes from their discipleship, from their love for the church, for faith, for the Lord, uh, and they, it comes from their. Um, they are proven people who suffered and who showed themselves with strong faith, also in difficulties and uh, in long marriages. And they come and speak to me. And I, I really, sometimes I wonder why this man has the discernment. And we bishops, we don't have it. We think like politicians. We don't have the discernment. But... There, these people have it. And so it's my experience that you you see, you can never convince with arguments. You can never win with arguments because you find arguments for everything. Also for the most stupid things, you find maybe good arguments. So it's not that which uh, we cannot uh, win the battle by discussions and by arguing. Because it depends on a deeper level, uh, the life in, in the conscience, this, this humble light, which uh, St. John said, the light uh, from the divine light came into the world. This light, which enlightens every conscience, every heart. And 
if this light, when this light is there, and if the person is open to this light, the person has evidence. And there you have not to argue. And when you argue, it confirms what she knows, what she feels already. So I trust a lot in this action of the Holy Spirit in every pure and humble heart. And this light will lead the church and the people who are ready for the kingdom of God. Those who are not ready, they don't accept this light, but it's not our problem. And it's not a question of arguments, because also the Pharisees and the enemies of the Lord, they did not convert themselves because he argued well. And Jesus argued very well, like a genius sometimes. And he was also very pure. So uh, how can you resist? Uh, so you can resist, uh, but that's, it has another reason. So there I say, stop to speak and to discuss. Because when you see there is no comprehension, so don't continue to battle on the level of arguments. Amen. But follow the light in your heart, uh, that follow the light in your heart when you are very humble in front of God. And, but we have to be humble. And the sufferings make us humble. And also to be contented, to be loved, to be uh, considered as stupid or rigid or all the anxiousness purifies our hearts so that we, we, we make it. afterwards, you know, you, you don't seek to, to yourself because it's not such a pleasant job you do, but you have always disadvantages and opposition and, and, and contempt. But... It makes you humble and nude uh, in, uh, in front of God. And then you are open for this light and then realize what the Lord con convinces you of in your conscience. Do that. But do ne do, do, don't do anything uh, where the Lord does not convince you in, in the conscience. But of course, sometimes it's, it's with much pain that we pray the Lord to enlighten us. And we, I am always a little bit suspicious because they speak very often about reform uh, and uh, about the Holy Spirit and uh, the critics have not the Holy Spirit and they are sometimes a little bit too sure to be in the Holy Spirit. I'm never so sure to be in the Holy Spirit. I could never pretend to say I am in the Holy Spirit. I pray, I seek, I suffer, and I, I try to be sincere and transparent. And I listen also the arguments but I would not pretend to have the, the identification with the Lord or with the Holy Spirit. How can they say so often to be in the Holy Spirit and to know what the Holy Spirit wants and to, to, to know the signs of time, to interpret these signs in, in the just way and all 
which don't agree, don't understand, <laughs> are not in the Holy Spirit. That's a little bit too simple, I think. <laughs> yes, and as a last word, I would also say when we pronounce ourselves, one should always feel our love. And also the words that we use, one should feel the love, not with too uh, hard words when, when uh, one has, the love has to come through. Mm -hmm. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you all, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello, this is John Henry Weston. I'd like to invite you to subscribe to the John Henry Weston Show YouTube channel if you haven't already done so. There you will find all the past episodes and much more. Thanks again for watching, and may God bless you.